Bigweed here. Today we review a red ale and discuss the importance of families. And welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. What's on your mind? Well, you know, this week was my uh, dearly departed mother's birthday. And nice. so I was kind of thinking about my mom and yep. thinking about my dad. And, and then I see this article, You're Not the Man Your Father Was. Yeah, I kind of suspected that. It kind of, it kind of, kind of like stuck a knife in my side. <laughs> so I, I looked at this article... And it had a bunch of somewhat interesting facts. Did you know that testosterone levels have been declining 1% a year for decades? Decades. Decades. This has been going on for a long time. All right. Rates of testicular cancer are increasing. Yeah. Sperm counts are decreasing. Musculoskeletal strength is decreasing. Grip strength is decreasing. It's like men are just like withering away. <laughs> yes, they are. We are not the men it's, our it's, fathers. It's were. pretty bad. Yeah, I know. They look so tight and fit. Did you see some of those pictures of your family and stuff? You see a bunch of fat asses. <laughs> no, generally speaking, you don't. All so, right. uh, so we'll have to talk about that a little bit. But first, let's let's have a, a gander with this. Not a gander. What's the right word? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> have a look at this beer. So this is my son's uh, red ale okay. that he brewed with us at yeah. your brother's house, and it's made made from a brewer's best kit. It's red because that's it has about, a little bit of dark malt. That's in it. about the color you'd want. That's yeah. nice and uh, relatively should be relatively mild, low hop. And uh, what you got? Oh, it's got a nice bitterness, some lingering bitterness. You know what his? Um, it does. It does have a little bit of lingering bitterness. To what it. his uh, bitterness contributions were? So it should have been um, 19 to 23. That's pretty low. All right. That's pretty low. But it's tasty. It's well done. It comes out fine. That's what you would want. I yeah. That's what you're expecting in a, in a red ale. Mm-hmm. Not too much aroma. Mm-mm. Not a not an overpowering maltiness, but a little bit of maltiness, a little bit of bitterness. Just a regular, easy-drinking beer. Very nice. That's what you get. Good yeah. job there, young Crow Hill. Yeah. All right, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm seeing some. So you would think that this would be some like a drastic recent drop off, but it isn't that right. It isn't like no. ever in the last since our fathers. No, it goes goes to back to his father and his grandfather. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah, so I'm I'm getting numbers like uh, a 45 year old man in 1940 to 45 had the same T level. As a 66-year-old man in 1916 to 19, so, so this this study goes back to the beginning of the, the 20th century, and it's a steady drop. Hmm. Yeah, it's that's kind of weird. So, what what are the causes? What are the causes? So, you'd have to think that things are either. So, is it, one thing is you have to look at chicken or egg, right? Or is it is it possible that they're behavioral? Social things that are driving it down, or are they biological and environmental? Yeah, that are the leading. Yeah, exactly. Laws? The question is: Are are behavioral things causing a drop in testosterone, or is a drop in <laughs> testosterone causing the behavioral? Change, <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Is being a couch potato dropping dropping your tea 
or the low T makes yeah. you want to be a couch potato. Exactly. Like my grandfather just, he wouldn't have sat around. Much. He, just, he would have gone out and chopped some wood or something, right? Just, yeah. just, hey, no. do it. yeah. So, it's so a- obviously there's the question of it, what's the chicken, what's the egg. There are some things that clearly contribute to it. Obesity uh, contributes right. to low so, testosterone. Right. This one I thought was very interesting. Did you know that less smoking is a cause of lower testosterone? In other words, smoking, which, you know, generally speaking, everybody's saying is a bad thing. Smoking actually increases testosterone. Oh, see, you know, you you sent that to me, and I only looked at it briefly, and I just assumed, because you you can't say Everything the word, is, you, can't, you can't say the word smoking without saying something nasty about it afterwards, yes. and I was all ready to come at you like, well, that doesn't seem to follow the, the societal pattern, right? Everybody smoked in the 50s. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So apparently there's something about smoking that inhibits something that, like, affects your testosterone. So smoking actually increases Well, don't let the... Kids, we're not telling you to go out and smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Not even those candy cigarettes. Can you get those anymore? Candy candy cigarettes? Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Probably not. some mother's group. What a horrible... Here, here, kid. You know you get a cigarette. You can have a candy cigarette. Until until, until you're 12. Until you're old enough. That's right. Okay, so there are environmental toxins, pesticides, phthalates from plastic, plasticizers. Uh, the, the same Crowhill who brewed this fine ale that we're drinking is really big on this phthalate. Here, let me give you this. Well, this is in his wheelhouse here. He'll like this. This is from the WHO, uh, who recognized the, pro- recognized the problem and says that uh, for the cause of this phenomenon, quote, exposure to environmental phenols and then... Uh, bisphenol, benzofidibidibidibidib, parabens, da 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 da. Uh, so these are, <clears throat> let's understand these chemicals and, as they're used in your life. Okay. Uh, benzophenone is used in bath products, makeup products, hair products, sunscreens, and skin care. Uh, this other one, biphenol A, used in plastics, like containers that, ca- that carry food and plastic water bottles. And this other one, triclosan, is using cosmetics, deodorants, shower gels, and soaps. So that well, that would explain I mean, why my grandfather had more testosterone than me because he never uh, used bath products. He probably <laughs> had like he probably had like uh, you know lye soap. No, I mean you think something of things that have increased in their use from 1916 right. till now. Yeah. I mean, th- this is totally it, it right. here. I mean, nobody you- used any of that stuff. <laughs> right. I, I, I doubt my grandfather I mean, little, used deodorant. <laughs> little by little, right? Yeah. Incrementally, people, there's more bathing and more, more, uh, hair gels and right. sunscreens yeah. and. Exactly. It kind of, it kind of makes sense. I mean, and, all and you weirdos you think- that bathe every day, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. think, you think that you're doing yourself a favor by doing, you know, taking care of your hair and putting on skin products and all this other kind of stuff, but maybe not. Maybe you're hurting yourself. I don't know. I don't... Here's another one. This is kind of funny. Tight underwear. I have heard that men and... that doctors suggesting to men and women who... Who want to get pregnant? Who, yeah. yeah, that they're right. That, that I say, Doc, we're trying. Yeah. Have you tried boxers? Uh, yeah. How about <laughs> wearing a kilt? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So... There is also uh, the impact of social factors. So men are doing mess- less manual labor. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, me- men used to work, actually work more, I instead know. of sitting now, in front of a computer. Yeah. Right now, uh, the the guy that restocks the 
copy machine is doing all the heavy lifting that ever yeah. takes place in the office. Yeah, exactly. Not that much. <laughs> right. So also there are changed social expectations about what, what a man is. There's sort of demonization and confusion over the meaning of masculinity. Right, we had so the, toxic. Yeah, that stupid American Psychological Association going coming out with this toxic yeah, masculinity they're done. crap. They're, yeah, they're dead to me. There's also less emphasis on kind of a on striving, rowdy, dynamic, entrepreneurial behavior. You know, you look at you look at old shows and you see these men, and they're so they're so like combative. Yeah, you know, they're they're. They're in each other's faces. They're doing stuff. They're pushing. They're, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get ahead. And, and nowadays we look down on that. But stuff. even, even in a, uh, not necessarily a physical sense, but just sort of in a, in a, a professional sense. Right. Yeah. So, right. which, so if you think of, if, or is there higher T in people at the top of, Business and mm. politics, like the competitive world. Yeah. Because when I think of uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Adam Schiff, uh, I don't think of high tea. No. <laughs> but who knows? Exactly. I, right. I mean, who knows? They might be, uh, you know, knocking it out of the park uh, on their off time. That's, that's, but... It's an interesting question. Maybe there should be a study on that. You yeah. Know? So on on highly successful CEOs and I mean the rough and tumble world of politics. Right. You know where you're always. You know, figuratively, or, try, or, or or trying to beat down the next man, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting question. So, so in other words, the the bottom line from all of this is that that men have been de- on the decline for quite a long time from this perspective, from the perspective of their testosterone levels. Yes. Now, uh, back to the WHO chemicals. Yeah. It says these uh, males, these chemicals reduce TT levels, and in women, it increases. TT oh, levels. my goodness. Well, that's <laughs> even worse. Which, but, but, so, so, while I uh, used to blame feminism for the uh, aggressive, foul-mouthed women that maybe, we have today. Maybe it's hair products. <laughs> maybe it's hair products and <laughs> <for> makeup. <laughs> Sorry, feminists. So this this is actually this is actually some evil genius <laughs> is trying to is trying to feminize men and masculinize women, and the way he's doing it is sticking all this stuff in our and your day right in your day yes in our daily routine. Yeah, who is right. that evil genius? I say rebel against you, this all of this bathing and <laughs> just just rub, scrub yourself with sand and <laughs> sunscreens <laughs> and skincare products. Get out, chop some wood. Although, right, remember the whole metrosexual thing about the exfoliating skin products and all of that? Well, 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 starting to make a little sense. Exactly. Are are they metrosexuals because (laughs) they do that, or do they do that because they're metrosexuals? Oh, boy. Well, we'll we'll solve that that on another show. Another show. So, So, all these things have, uh, these things kind of contribute to the sort of decline in, in marriage, actually, because you have all these, like, so yeah. Or let's, huge... let's talk about what the consequences besides being a little flabbier, yeah. and, and you know, having less muscular density and maybe less grip strength and all these other ma- things. Yeah, yeah, maybe you know, a little less horny. Ah, so what? Yeah. So you've heard of the soy boys in Japan? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. have heard of the soy boys. So, so the soy boys in Japan don't want to do anything but sit around and play. They they, they work garden. on computers. They garden. They, they they play video games. They're not interested in girls. They're not gay. No, they they just don't do anything. And <laughs> and so there's this question of is 
we, we've talked about this problem before of people not, we talked about it in our infantilization show, people not growing up. Um, but could it be that this decline in testosterone is in some way contributing to this societal problem of men not being willing to grow up, become men, start a family, and move on with life? Right. Take a, you know, right. Because <clears throat> in terms of infantilization, it's a lot of responsibility there. I mean, yeah. right? You're one one day you're out there playing quarters with the guys, and the next time you're going, sorry, I got bottles to yeah, yeah fill, exactly. and right. you know, I got babies. What was that well, movie? Changed. Fa- failure to launch or something like that. Uh, yeah. I've heard of it, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I watched it, but I, I think the idea is somebody wasn't willing to like leave protection of mommy and get out uh, of the world. You know, okay, get going. Maybe it's because he didn't have any fuel in the tank. Well, it, right. Right. Is it be, is the infantilization? Well, this we're going to go all day back and forth. I know it's the chicken exactly. and egg business. It's the chicken and egg thing all over. So again. We, there are smaller families. Yes, there are fewer children. Yeah, there are, we're not really even meeting our uh, replacement levels uh-huh. in Western culture. So the question, either no matter how you look at it, which one would you which one would you rather blame? The fact that is it low T or porn? These are these are, these are not good choices. No, I, you know I'm not going to try to narrow it down to one thing. There are all kinds of factors that are messing things up. The the, the, e- the of, economics, the women, the women yeah. taking over the workforce. Yeah. Um, so there's this there's this scene in the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. Okay. So in the Lord of the Rings, there's this time where Aragorn is going to um, going to ride the paths of the dead, and he drives by and he visits Eowyn, who is the the, the gorgeous warrior princess from uh, Rohan. And, you know, she says, she says, you went a long ways out of your way just to come here. And he says, well, nobody would consider, you know, no man would consider that uh, a, tr- a trouble. You know, basically, the idea is she's so good looking that going that extra distance wouldn't, is, you know, any, you anybody do. would do that. So I heard this interesting uh, comment the other day that the average per- man today can see more gorgeous naked women in five minutes ah. than the average man 200 years ago would see in his entire life. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, so, uh, right, a beautiful woman in the next town, you're willing to get on your horseback and yeah, go a-courting. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're willing to do a lot to go see her because, doggone it, you don't see many of them. Because you don't see many of them. Right. Right. But nowadays... Here you uh, are, sitting on your just phone. pull out your stupid phone, you can see yeah, all kinds of gorgeous women in no time at all. And and those kind of things have all to right, have yeah, an all right. on So, them. yeah, right. So there's... The, then, then there's the technological factor. So we've got the possible environmental factors, mm-hmm. the... Clearly, the... The uh, social disinterest yeah. in macho men... Mm-hmm. And then the technological... Not act- only disinterest, but dissing of macho. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's not good. And what? How is? It, in what ways is it not good for a well, culture we're not, we're not to be able un- to... What do, what, do we, what do we need? You need, over, you need 2.7 children per, family, per yeah. married couple. Right. Per couple. Yeah, so we're and not replacing ourselves. Nobody not, is. No. In, nobody in uh, Japan isn't. Western Europe isn't. I've, uh, Israel, and I think there's one. Italy, and Italy, you would think Catholic Italians, you could at least count on them. They're in the dumps. Mm. They're, they're, they're one of the worst. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and they're not replacing their numbers. So some people would say, oh, this is a good thing because the yes. Earth is overpopulated. So there you so, go. So, exactly. Yeah. So the environment on the, uh, the environmental wing would say, well, what are you talking about? That's a bonus. But have you thought about all the other consequences? Right. So, so do you really want a population of old people? Do, do you really want you, do not have that that youthful drive, that youthful vigor? Do you not want that? Do you also not want men to, men and women both, to go through the experience of growing up and becoming responsible adults? You know, having a family matures you remarkably. You know, the, the idea oh, that you're absolutely. now responsible for this, this these other people. And we've talked about this before, and you have a greater vision of the future. Yes. And you're worried about the circumstances, right? So you, if you live in adult world with no kids, one, you're not as concerned about the, con- about the consequences for your children and grandchildren right. without, with, without kids. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the, the issue here is what benefit do families provide? Like, you know, some people are concerned about, well, there just aren't enough. We have too many kids. There's too many people in the world. We shouldn't be having all these kids. But families provide lots of benefits to society that aren't being factored into that equation. And one of the things that families do is they they civilize these little monsters, right? You know, kids kids aren't born... You like to see you see these things on LinkedIn about oh kids are so wonderful and they love each other. No, they're not. They're a bunch of kids are little monsters and they need yeah. to be civilized and they need to be taken care of. And from time to time, you need to stay up with them all night to soothe them when they have a problem. Who's going to do that other than a mom and a dad? Uh, yeah, or run, run, run through this because I mean everybody. I don't think there's anybody who's arguing that that we need to replace families with government-run orphanages. Well, maybe they are, but, but yeah, uh, let's hope not. But, so, but just go quickly through you know the, the why why families are so great families for set the stage for future relationships. So in other words, you parents model for children what a good relationship should look sure. like. They you know where else is this going to happen? You want them modeled on the TV? What they expect out of that's that's obviously wrong. Families provide support during difficult times. Who else do you depend on when you, mm-hmm. you know, something bad happens? Families show you how to love and to be loved, which is a very important thing psychologically. Yeah, yeah. Um, families foster a sense of, of something greater than yourself. Like, sorry, I'm sorry that you feel bad, but grandma's coming over. You got to get up. And, you know, so th- there's this sense of a, of a bigger purpose. People raised in close families develop healthier relationships throughout their lives. Um, Families make extraordinary sacrifices for the education and training of children. Um, family, I already mentioned, families civilize the little monsters and teach them basic values. Um, and, they and, civil- <laughs> and they civilize men. And they, yes, exactly. They civilize men, which uh, we'll, we'll talk about in another episode. Um, and if society had to bear the cost of doing all those things, it would just bankrupt the society. You, you cannot rely on government programs to do all those things. Right. But the question I, I think is that, that, yeah, that, like I said, people aren't going to argue against families altogether, but that I've, I've noticed the two parent nuclear family mm-hmm. under attack. Definitely under attack. And a lot of people are, there's all these articles about how we don't need the nuclear family. The nuclear family is a, an invention. You know, nobody, this was never the way things were in the past. And, okay. Well, one thing about that, that, so there is something about, there used to be a broader family network. Yeah, we were all living on farms. <laughs> right. Right? So it, yeah. it's, it's not like we, we, 
by shifting to the nuclear family that we have now, post-World War II, is, you know, a diversion from the natural family. Yeah, try that. Where, where, where are you, what are you talking about? Where's this broad network where you're living on opposite sides of the, of the country? Well, the idea of having grandma and grandpa close by, I, I think is a good thing. Yes, I, it is. Yes. But, but that, that's not, that's not saying anything against the nuclear family. The, the mom, dad, and kids is still the basis here. Having, yes. having grandma and grandpa around. That's a course, bonus. Of course, that's a hugely good thing, but that doesn't replace mom and dad. And there was a good article that we saw in the Atlantic that, that talked about that. <laughs> and I was like, the Atlantic. I know the Atlantic. Come on. First of all, it's going to be too long. And second of all, <laughs> they're, they're probably going to say something that I'm, I'm not going to like because it's <laughs> right. the Atlantic, you know, but they, they said. So he, so he first go, he's first like, look, this, this nuclear family thing, that's the best thing we have. Right. And he goes after a few, uh, you know, writers who are writing roughly around the same time. This article is not long old. It's only a couple of years old. Uh, Including the myth of the two-parent home by way who who who, who would have thought New, New York, York Times, Times op-ed oh and then then one in the Atlantic itself the nuclear family was a mistake which is going even further yeah yeah I was disappointed that Brooks wrote that but uh, oh why you know David Brooks for from other things well I, he's I don't know I've heard some reasonable things from him and I've heard some lunatic things from him but this idea that. That you don't need mom and dad. You can have grandma and grandpa living together and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So sure here, here's you this do. one. That's the a average terrific, child. I mean, I, theoretically, but let's talk about the real world. Yeah. In the real world, the average child raised by a mother and grandmother is doing about the same as the average child raised by a single mother. So, so this idea that grandma can replace like, dad can, can replace dad. Yeah. It, I'm sorry. The statistics don't just don't bear that out. In the absence of both parents, children raised by their extended kin, such as an aunt or an uncle, are significantly more likely to have higher levels of internalizing problems, including loneliness and sadness, compared to their peers raised by married parents. Thanks for joining us for Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, where you'll find lighthearted chats and deep dives. We hope you enjoy our beer reviews and banter. After which we cover everything from Tolstoy to Thomas Sowell. From God to the Green New Deal. From UFOs to UBI. From Ted Cruz to time travel. From home brewing to homeschooling. From transcendentalism to trans madness. You can reach us with your question or comment at pigweedshow at gmail.com. So over the years... Um, there are many possible downsides to introducing unrelated adults. And this, this is one that's kind of yes. gross. It's kind of gross to talk about, but you got to talk uh, about oh, it. Oh, I, I go, I, I, I the, thought the same thing when yeah, I read it. Go the, ahead. The dad, the, the man who is not biologically related to the children is a threat to those children. Yes. So we'll, we'll, uh, well, dad's not around, but my creepy cousin can come, can watch him from, Four to seven every night until well, I co- get the home. Co- the cousin, at least biologically related, is not as big a deal. The real problem it's is mom's boyfriend. boyfriend. Mo- mom's boyfriend, a child, well, also, man, a child in that situation is like nine times more likely to be abused than by her biological father. Yeah. The, it's just creepy, and I hate to say it, but that's, right. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, where was the... Um, the, the what about they, the dozen pairs of arms? You know, oh, yeah, it was, exactly. it was. I mean, it was a beautiful. Isn't it lovely to think that you have all these other people caring for the kids? Yes. But there, there's something but do about. You, that's what I'm saying. Do you really? Do you? 
Just the other day, just the other day, I saw this video of, and it wasn't a video, it was a picture of dad laying on the floor with this infant that he stayed up all night with. The kid was having a problem. He stayed up all night with the kid, trying to comfort him, trying to get him to sleep. Then woke up in the morning, went to work, then came home, stayed up all the next night with the kid. You know, that's, yeah. that's what, when you're biologically related, there's things that go on in your brain. This is my kid. Doggone right. it. I'm going to so, take care of him. Right. A woman and her best friend, and both of them have kids, and both of them are going to help each other raise the kids. Perfectly. Yeah. Per, yeah, Lovely yes, perfect, perfect substitution. Yeah. So this guy, this Brooks, I don't know. He's just inventing this idea because he wants to think about it. Uh, Americans, he's speaking for all of America. Mm-hmm. Americans are hungering to live in extended and forged families. Allow more adults and children to live and grow under the loving gaze of a dozen pairs of eyes and be caught when they fall by a dozen pairs of arms. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Nice thought. Nice thought. But does it actually... No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't fit with the and, and, and maybe, back when he was talking about pre in in uh, in agrarian America, when you had multiple families living on the same extended farm, or I mean something like that. But yeah. now they don't even live in the same state. And we're, 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 yeah, yeah, it's a nice thought, pea brain. But so so how about po- real world? The positive effects of stable marriage and stable nuclear families spill over into things like um, safety. That. Family structure is one of the strongest, if not the strongest, predictor of, vi- of variations in urban violence across the United States. Yeah. And this, this affects, you know, people like to say this is like a white thing. No. Black boys are more likely to achieve upward economic mobility if there are more black fathers in a neighborhood and more married couples as well. I see. So, so they're not even saying that they're, they're saying they, they benefit from being in a neighborhood yes. with dads, even if they don't have their own dad in their own house. Yes. I know. Obviously it would be better if they had their oh, own dad. Of course. Dad in their yeah, own but, house. That's, but, but, if, but that's but if an there's a dad next door, if there's a dad next door, he's going to come over and say, doggone it, kid, you better cut yeah. that out. Then that's going to help too. And remember that thing, it was man of the week a while ago about those dads who oh. heard about, Heard about the kids in the high school who were fighting, right. and and they got together a group and they went and said, "Dad's on patrol." And they said, and they were just being dads. They <laughs> exactly. weren't intimidating. They or, weren't doing. They, anything. they were disarming them with, with dad jokes. Yes, they they were there just saying, "Here we are. We love you. We're going to take care of you." And when they got crazy and going, "Hey, son, your shoes untied. Gotcha." <laughs> <laughs> right, and that kind of thing actually helps, actually helps. Yeah, having dads around helps. Children raised in communities with high percentage of single mothers are less likely to move up. In other words, it takes a village, but it takes a village of married people <laughs> to raise the odds that a poor child will have a shot at the American dream. Exactly. So, who in the world could oppose? Could could argue against that? Uh, what would be the with, benefit? People with an agenda. What? People with an agenda. People with an agenda. Yeah. And a lot of it is, unfortunately, a racial equity agenda. Yeah. And because these numbers, so we, if, if you agree, and I think we do, that having dads in the homes and having intact uh, nuclear families really is the best thing for kids. But if you, if you, if you run it through the, the equity prism, if it has a disparate outcome, yeah. then it can't be good. Yeah. So instead of instead of saying, well, what we need to do is come up with uh, policies and and uh, whatever it takes to encourage more of this in the black community, 
what we'll do is we'll just attack the single family, the, the yeah, nuclear it's, family. It's, it's pretty which sick. Is just, which is it, unfortunate. It's 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 unfortunate, but I think it's pretty sick. And because like you, like you were saying, it wasn't that long ago when marriage rates were higher in. Yeah, that that was something that was surprising to me, and in, I learned in, I learned this from families, uh, yeah. I think I learned Thomas Sowell. Yeah. yeah, that that back before the Great Society and LBJ and all that kind of stuff, that the marriage rate in the black community was higher than it was in the white community. Yeah. And the uh, the, the, the black community was much more socially conservative than the white, con- yes, white community. Yes. And they had to be because there were consequences. If you're poor, there were there were bad consequences for family breakup. Yeah. And so they, they, they stayed together, which was a good thing and provided a stable environment. But that, that was the safety net. Yes. Right? Was, yes. Was, 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 and then when, was government your step, when, when the government, government said, in, don't worry about it, we'll be the safety net. Yeah. And then, and then create these false incentives where, you know, mom gets pregnant and if there's no man around, she gets $500 a month. But if there is a man around, she only gets $100. Yes. A month. Oh, but I want to get to that in a minute, just about what government policy can do and what it's terrible at. Uh, but just in terms of this attack on family, so you've got, I would say one is the equity outcome idea, where let's just say you're you've decided that your neighbor there's your neighborhood is looks is a mess, right? So you're we're really going to crack down on dumping and littering, mm-hmm. and so they start cracking down, and it turns out that uh, let's say the Arab community, you know, litters and dumps some more. So there's a disproportionate number of tickets written. Toward the air, and then so, so so it's going to be like, well, the policy itself is wrong because it has an un- inequitable outcome. So then, what do you do? You 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 either encourage them to not do it, or you decide that the policy itself is wrong, and then everybody can litter everywhere. Exactly. Well, I'm sure you could find some uh, Ivy League professor to say that you know what. Littering is actually a good thing. There's <laughs> to be an op-ed in the New York Times yeah. going that in, in order to uh, address this racist policy. Yeah. So some of the attacks on, but you know, it's sort of like the war on Christmas. It's like, yeah, you can you, every year you can point out this and that, but you know what? People really we people really know that the intact nuclear family, despite these left-wing leftist protests, and speak of leftist, that's a fundamental Marxist idea. So yeah. all those getting you know, rid of the family is getting because... rid of the family. It's also a fundamental aspect of uh, apparently liberal school boards who think that families don't have any role to play in their children's education. So yes, yeah, it's the, that same crowd. Well, the idea is if you want to if you want to have a tyrannical state that rules everything. Then you don't want to have other loyalties. Not loyalties to churches, not loyalties to families. You want all the loyalty to be directed to <laughs> the The beginning of the, the pandemic, the teachers were, I saw this thing where the teachers were concerned that their children were spending too much time with their families. <laughs> what a horrible <laughs> thing. Right. Uh, so, well, what, what can you do? What can you do as a government? Can you, paid, you're going to pay families yeah. to have babies? Are you going to, what, why not pay them? Why not, what about the idea of government uh, paid for childcare, which allows? Wouldn't that is, does that allow women to work more, or does it allow women to have more babies? Yeah, I don't, it allows I'm, them to have more babies. I'm very, very skeptical 
of the idea of a bunch of smart people sitting in a room and coming up with the policy that's going to... Because there there are always unintended consequences. Always! And and so I think what has to happen is different countries try different things, and some of them work and some of them don't. And then eventually we'll figure out why this one worked and this one didn't. But people who, who very sincerely intend to try to do the right thing and then end up screwing things up royally... It just happens all the time. And the idea that, that you know, these geniuses are going to sit down and figure it out, I don't buy that. I, uh, well, have you considered the Soviet Union in the 70s? <laughs> no, no, I never Well, I'll tell you so. all about it. Okay, all right. So they had a diff- they, they, there was a drop-off in the 50s and 60s in the Soviet Union. Birth now, why? Days. Why? Because oh, in America, <laughs> in the 50s and 60s, we had a baby boom. All I can think of is despair. Yeah. Because people just going, why bother? Well, they lost so many people in World War II, you know. It, I know. Different well, from hey, the American Isn't experience. there a theory about uh, Russian, the beautiful Russian women? There is. There How is. does it go? So, so the basic idea <laughs> is that so many men died in the war yeah. that the few men who were left to marry only married the really pretty women. They had total pick of the litter. <laughs> they had pick of the litter. So, yes. that, so, then so that, even some schlub has got yeah, a, 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 a good supermodel. Chance, a good chance at a beautiful woman, and that's going to change the gene pool towards more... I, I don't know if it's true or false. I don't but either. But I like it. Anyway, back to my Soviet <laughs> yeah. unions, my policies. The, uh, the Mother Lenin Award. Ah. Okay? This, uh, so, so there's this drop-off in population. They're worried about it. Countries everywhere are worried about it now, but in the 70s, they said, okay, this award carrying handsome cash reward, a house, yeah. a car, mm-hmm. and of course, a certificate. Right. To be given to a mother who gave birth to 12 children. That was the only way to get a house and a car in the Soviet Union in the 1970s, was to have 12 children. Twelve? Right. Everybody mean, else. Geez, you know, if you only, had, you only had 11 children. Then you How about eight? I mean, isn't that enough? <laughs> Poor woman? So. I know. Jeez. So... I don't think that's the right way to approach it. I don't think right. I'm thinking about ways of government policy. So anyway, back to what are you going to do? Are you going to give all women, all women, regardless of marriage status, money per child? So that the, so, so the working women, hmm. the working women can either pay for childcare or go. I'm paying so much for childcare right now. With that money. I'll keep the money and I'll stay home, which would even be better. Yeah. Be better for them, better for the kids. It'd be better for men's wages because there's not so many women in the workforce. Um, but now you're, now you're prioritizing. Now you're going to say that married women need money more than unmarried women. Yeah. I, it's, it's all very complicated. And I think if you sat down and tried to figure it all out, You'd come up with some genius policy that would fail and cause exactly the opposite of what you thought you were going to try to do. So what we have to – I mean, Hungary is doing some policies right now where they're trying to encourage families to have more kids. Yeah. And they're doing various kinds of incentives and things. Well, okay, let's see how that works, right? And and it's interesting. We have all these laboratories all over the world trying different things. Let's look and see what happens. What do we do? What do we have? We have the child care – or child care credit, two grand off your, yeah. you know, taxable income or something like that. And and there's talks about, you know, providing more government-provided child care so that more women can be in the workplace. And, and people people tried different I don't want government things. Child, uh, hold on. How about government-subsidized private child care? I don't better. want your kids going into... You know, a government curriculum yeah. child care. Here, here, comrade, uh, little child. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. We've, yes, we've, here, 
they're 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 two years old choosing their own genders. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess I would like to think that I was smart enough to look at all these questions and come up with the genius policy, but I'm not, and neither is anybody else. Except for the Mother Lennon Award. (laughs) (laughs) Poor woman. All right. So I think, uh, got anything else on this one? Uh, I don't think so. I can skip the mandibles. (laughs) Mandibles. So we do have... uh, Well, the thing about this this futuristic book that I read was the consequences of having this mushroom-shaped population. Mm. And... There have Mushroom such, being lots of old people, not enough left young people. Right. right. So it gets to the point where it's in the United States, everybody's taxed on everything they do at 77%, and that only, the only jobs there are are in elder care, because those are the only people who have any money, because the the, there's so many voters up there, mm-hmm. there's no way the politicians can piss these people off. The only thing they can do is suck it out of the young people. <laughs> and, and really, when you get top-heavy like that, when you get... Right? When you get one contributor for every three taker, what happens? Right. Yeah. So you got to bring, you got to have kids just for that reason. Yeah. But what about the environment? I know. What about the environment? What about overpopulation? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Okay. All right. So I think we're going to skip Man of the Week this week and go to a question that we got okay. from Apollo Soyuz. Um, this, this question came in. It, it, it says, uh, can you speak to the ongoing mess? That is the future of apparent autocracy vis-a-vis the dismissal of rules of law, checks and balances, perpetrated. Okay, let's stop right there. Let's just, let's just stop at this point. I'm on board. Exactly. I'm totally on board. Okay. The ongoing mess that is the future of apparent autocracy. I'm on board with that. Yeah. Vis-a-vis the dismissal of rules of law. I'm on board with that. Right. Checks and balances. Not seeing it. Not seeing it. I'm okay. with you. I'm totally with you all the way up to here. Perpetrated by the former president. You know, okay, I, <laughs> I mean, I, so wait a minute. I, yes, Trump did some, did some bad, stupid things. I, I, okay. So has every president, you know, so does Biden. So did Obama. So did Reagan. So, I mean, all the way back, we've had this growing imperial presidency, this lack of checks and balances, this pushing of wealth towards the, the top and at the expense of the people at the bottom. This, this has been going on for decades. I don't agree with trying to blame this all on Trump. I mean, let's just think about Captain Executive Order. Yeah. He had, he had a stack of executive orders over his head on day one. Yeah. Is that, is that what you're talking about? Uh, Apollo Creed? Yeah. So, so we, we agree with your, with what you're saying that there's a problem. All those things are problems. Absolutely. Um, but what, 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 what resonates with me is government Vaccination mandates, uh, cl- none of this closing down of schools, forced mandates of all kinds. You can't buy. You can't. In, you can't buy uh, vegetable seeds. In uh... yeah, you're right. You right. You can only buy these products and right. not those products. You you can't buy paint to paint your house while you're being forced to not leave your house. Yeah. Uh, and none of this is going through legislatures. Yeah. None of it went through Congress, and none of this is going through state legislatures. And the and the, the governors themselves aren't even choosing it. They're just the, who at least they were at least they were elected. No, they're just passing it off to some local health official who says so Yes, I'm seeing all kinds of autocrat. What if this what about uh, Justin Castro, uh, Trudeau? 
up there in Pajama Canada. <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> oh, right? So is that what you're talking about? You're talking yeah, so so to try to, to try to get into Apollo Soyuz's brain here a little bit, I, I did some searches on ways that Donald Trump violated the rule of law. Okay, right. and I, I saw these various lists. And I went through them, and, and some of them I thought, okay, you're probably right. That was not a good thing. And other things I thought, well, that's kind of a matter of opinion. You know, it was, it was a mixed bag. But then I said, okay, let's look at ways that President Obama violated so, the rule well, of law. Well, up to me, in my mind, I don't – okay, if I can't get it done through legislation, which I is how government works, yeah. the I have a phone and a pen right. seemed to me to really kick it all off. So, so Apollo Soyuz, what I would recommend that you do is do some searches on – how did Obama violate the rule of law? Because there are some good articles out there on things that Obama did. Yeah. How did Carter violate the well, rule of law? Well, I mean, I would, th- I would say after 9-11, there yeah. uh, George Bush, probably exactly. uh, the, the implementation of the Homeland Patriot Security Act and, and the Patri- right. Patriot Act. So this is going to war without Congress. I don't, I don't, did Congress, uh, do we, do we, do we go to, we ask Congress if we can go to war anymore? No, they, they just issue these authorizations for the use of military force with no end to them. Right. And then people, by the way, that's one with Obama. Look up his, did he have any authorization to go into Libya? He did not. Right. So, so you have, you, you have this basic problem throughout the presidency for the last probably 30 years yes. where Congress has been derelict in doing its duty. Yes. And, and they love it because, right, they don't have to, they, they, they don't, don't have to answer for it. They don't have to answer for it. Right. So what's happened is the, the imperial presidency has grown. Yes. And presidents have been seizing power that they don't have that Congress and the courts should be checking them on, and they're not doing it. Right. And so this is so you're, this you're, is a you're, you're right con- in the problem. Your con- your con- concern about the growing autocracy is spot on. Yes, but it is like you say, it's growing thirty years, and I but is but it has grown never been never more obvious than in the last one year <laughs> of Biden. So yes. how this uh, this uh, this apparent autocracy that you rightly identify. You completely skip over this one and go, well, you know how we got here. Because it's all because of Trump. No, no, it's not because of Trump. It's been going on for 30 years. It's been going on for most of our lives. And and if anything has exposed it, it's been Biden's reaction to, to what's ex- COVID. Yeah, what's exposed it is emergencies. Every time there's an emergency or or a declared emergency. Well, this is right. And now, we, now you see uh, legislation... Here and even the people in Canada are going. All right, and, and, and you know Virginia with the new governor. Right. All right. We need to redefine what emergency means. Exactly. And, and that's what has like, to be going, done. We when we when this thing was written and we wrote the word emergency, this is not what we had in mind, mm-hmm. and these are not the powers that. I'm glad somebody's and, finally addressing. But that I question. saw we'll have to do. What is that constitutional amendment that uh, is rolling around out there? And it has, but it has to do with the limitation of. Uh, a federal power going, yes. all right, now yeah. that we see the danger of all I have to do is say emergency yeah. and I get to do anything. Yeah, that's the shell we game. That's to. the game that they're playing with us. They say, be afraid. There's this horrible thing, whatever the horrible thing is, Muslim terrorism, the pandemic, whatever give me it all, is. Give me all of the power. Give me all the power and I'll solve it for you. That is what's been going on. It's been going on for a long time. All right. Well, good point. And uh, keep listening there, Apollo. Yeah, we appreciate the comment. We're, we're just not quite sure about the former president and thing, but the rest of it we're entirely on board with. Feel free you to right. respond if we didn't get that right. Exactly. Right in again. Okay. Here we go. All right. Cheers. cheers. 
If you like beer and conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill, please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you.